Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. we got a really special episode. Yeah, fall camp is over. Sure, the season starts in about 10 days. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet. There's a lot of stuff going on with USC football, but we're going to take a little break from all of that. we got a very special episode today. First, we got Keely Yor in studio helping produce the show. What's up, Keely? Hello, hello. Follow her on Twitter, at Keely is my name. Doing a great job. But the special guest... I haven't talked to him for a while. Ben Malcolmson. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ben Malcolmson. He has a new book that is out. It is called Walk On, From Pee Wee Dropout to the NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football, Purpose, and Following an Amazing God. A few words in that title, but we want to welcome Ben into the show. Ben, thanks so much for coming on. Ryan, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's uh, it's been a while. Have you... Have you been back around USC? It's you know it's been a minute since you, you know, were working down there. <laughs> it's been a couple of minutes. It's been, this is our ninth season already up in Seattle with the Seahawks. It's been an amazing journey up here. And I actually uh, we we come back uh, in the springtime. Coach has been Coach Carroll has been kind of helping with this new program at USC in the in the business school. Um, and so oh. we come back every spring to help teach a class there, which is really cool. Um, but I, I may, actually made it back for my first USC football game last fall, um, back in the Coliseum for the first time in like a decade. It was it was magical. It was, it's a special place. Yeah. Wow. So it's nine years. Like, how does that? When did that happen? Like, that, that just, <laughs> uh, it, it just flew by. It's crazy. It feels like we were just there. Nuts. Well, uh, so there are probably some people that you know. So Ben was around during the Pete Carroll era. Uh, there's a really interesting story. So, but I wanted to kind of maybe we'll we'll talk about the book first, and we'll go back and kind of talk about the journey. Of course, I mean you described the journey, I guess, in the book. But where, how did the idea for the book come about? And uh, you know, maybe tell people a little bit about it. Yeah, so the book it just came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's been awesome seeing how many people have been picking that up, and just the impact of the book has been really cool. And I've just felt kind of a nudge in my heart for a couple of years now to to really put this into writing. Um, I'm excited to get into the story more on this podcast, but um, the story itself is is pretty pretty amazing. It's it's unbelievable, and um, so many people are are touched by it and impacted by it. So I just I felt for so I needed to put this uh, on a page, and uh, the written word is is just such a powerful medium, and um, it just was such a great way to reach people. And finally, uh, thankfully, with the help of I had a collaborator, Patty McCord, who helped me kind of put everything together help get the book out and uh it just came out uh, a couple weeks ago so it's been an amazing journey and it's just so cool to see the reach uh of a book it's just it's amazing and that's you know back in the day when Pete Carroll was around he he was a big proponent of you know inspirational books and getting authors to come in or speakers and stuff so i mean i don't know if that some of that kind of rubbed off on you and giving you the idea for the book too well yeah i mean he's he's an avid reader and uh just always soaking up new information so i've kind of uh, picked that up by osmosis just by being around him for all these years and I've become an incredibly avid reader and, and just in a constant pursuit to learn and grow and I, I, I definitely think that's that's played a huge role in, in me producing this book. So let's uh, we got to get into the story but I want to let people know you will you will be on the USC campus Friday 
August 31st, there'll be a book signing at the USC bookstore starting at 6.30, going to 7.30. So if you want to go, you can pick up a copy. Ben can sign it for you, write a little something nice in there. So it'd definitely be cool. You should go check that out. But we're also, we haven't announced this yet. We're going to do a little uscfootball.com meet and greet. We did one last year and Clay Helton was nice enough to come over. We partnered with Trader Joe's. We gave away hundreds of these USC Trader Joe's bags. So before the jock rally, which will be just before uh, Ben's book signing, the jock rally starts around five o'clock in the in the quad out there in front of uh, next to Heritage Hall and between Heritage Hall and uh, the John McKay Center. They get the band and the football team comes out there. It's pretty fun. It's an exciting thing. We're going to be there from about three to five. We'll be there during the jock rally, too, and then going over to Ben's um, book signing. We're going to just have a little table there like a, a tent. Uh, just meet and greet, talk to people if you want to come up and chat with anyone on the uscfootball.com staff. We will be there. And Ben said he was going to come over too. So uh, I think we'll get a few book books that we can give away for some of the people that show up there. So it should be it should be fun. Yeah, I'm pumped to see everyone there. And uh, whether at your event or at the book signing, the book signing will be really special there at the books at the uh, USC bookstore right on campus. So let's just make a whole afternoon out of it. Let's swing by Trader Joe's, see you guys, go to the Chalk Rally, and then come on over to the bookstore. It'll be a really fun day. Have you seen it? Like we did the event because they just opened Trader Joe's, that whole uh, university village over there. It is so insane. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Feels like we're in Westwood. It's, it's wild. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah, Westwood with more parking, though. I think there's a thing around <laughs> lots and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, cool stuff. All right. So there's some people, we, you know, there's some USC fans that have only been around for a little while. You know, Keeley's a Keely's a youngin. She wasn't around for the for the Pete Carroll era. But, you know, she came through USC's journalism program with, you know, broadcast journalism. Um, so, you know, I think there's it's interesting for a lot of people because you were a bit, you know, you were a guy basically that was writing for the school newspaper and got onto the football team. So wherever you want to start, we can start with how that, that journey began. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy to begin with. But uh, I was just a student newspaper reporter there for the Daily Trojan and uh, had covered the team for three years. Uh, just kind of a calmness. I was a sports editor and um, got to go to every home and away game for three years. And it was an incredible experience. And I was figuring this is what I wanted to do for my career. Um, I mean, there's nothing better than just being around sports and, and getting kind of a front row seat to it all. And it was so special during those years because that was the, the Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush years, all the just the magical run that the Trojans were on then, all the national championships, the Heisman trophies. It was it was amazing. And um, I was gearing up to graduate spring of my senior year and I wanted to do one final good story about the football team. Um, I had done a, a couple of unique stories on the football team in that time of just uh, day in the life of Pete Carroll. And I did a day in the life of the equipment manager and um, just kind of unique angles. And I saw an alert that there were walk-on tryouts coming up for the football team. And I was pretty intrigued. That's, that's pretty cool that the number one football team in the country does kind of an open casting call for any student that wants to come out and try out. And I was like, okay, well, I got to do a story on these guys. Who shows up to this? And then pretty soon after I started working on that story, it hit me, well, why don't I go through the trial myself and I'll get to really be on the inside, really show how it is and how hard it is. And it'll be a joke, too, because <laughs> here I am, the, the student newspaper reporter, 165 pounds, and I hadn't played football since fifth grade. So, I mean, it was going to be a total joke. <laughs> and uh, I went and talked to Coach Carroll and I, I'd gotten to know him just from covering the team. I mean, you know, Ryan, just by being around, you get to know these guys and I went up to him one day and I was like, hey, coach, do you mind if I try out for the football team to write an article? And he laughed at me. He said, it won't be very interesting, but go for it. 
And so I, I kind of had a feeling, well, if he's saying that, then it's probably going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> he could have um, been more wrong, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here we are 13 years later. I'm still <laughs> living in the wake of that. So, um, yeah, so I, I ended up going through the tryout, and uh, it was crazy. I mean, there I am literally trying out for the number one college football team in the country. This is wild. And I hadn't played football in the fifth grade. I'd never run a 40-yard dash in my life, and there I am lining up to run a 40-yard dash. I mean, I'm the newspaper guy, you know, and there's Sark out there. There's Kiff out there. There's Ken Norton Jr. I mean, all these familiar faces that were assistant coaches at the time were just barking at me, and they, they figured out that I was the Daily Trojan writer, and they just, for the next hour, just let me have it, and it was it was funny, and um, I, I was definitely put through the ringer, and I mean, it was it was an amazing experience because I, I went home and I started writing my story and I couldn't wait to put this together because I, I I got to try out for the number one team in the country. This was wild, so it was really cool and I it was the the crown jewel of my college newspaper career without a doubt. That's uh, it's really interesting um, here and that go back there. Were you? Who was your position coach? Was that Lane Kiff? Was Lane Kiffin the wide receiver coach at the time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kiff was the wide receivers coach. And then his GA, the assistant wide receivers coach, was Yogi Roth, who's now a Pac-12 announcer and all yeah. that. So we had uh, quite the wide receiver room right then. <laughs> That's really – and then Yogi ended up doing a book. With, I think he did it with Pete Carroll too, right? Like, Yeah. He, he ghost wrote Coach's book for him. Yeah. That's uh, – <laughs> it all comes around. It all comes around. Uh, <laughs> did you feel – so – did you feel at the time, because it is the number one team in the country, you hadn't played since fifth grade, but it was not, not like you couldn't play, but did you feel like this was like they were doing this more for, for, for publicity or what, what did you feel like uh, when this was going on? Well, when I got the news a day later that I made the team, someone called and said I was on the list. I immediately thought that this has to be a prank that I mean, Coach Carroll, I mean, you remember those days he's pulling in Will Ferrell and, oh, yeah. and all, all the the clowns that came through you know it was just like throwing a just dummy one, off the building like, exactly <laughs> yeah just one joke after another and i'm like okay well here i am the newspaper reporter he's pulling a prank on me you know this is he's just doing it to help my help my story out a little bit and so i'm like oh gosh here we go and i'm fully expecting him just to pull the rug out from under me the next time i saw him and so i go into the football building fully anticipating him just with like cameras and and just making fun of me you know and there he is bouncing a basketball in the football office and I'm like coach, okay, joke's over. And he's, he says, no, you can catch the ball. You can run fast. We want you on the team. And I was like, what the heck? There's no way. And I, I couldn't even process this at the time. Cause I mean, I, he's the, he was the best college football coach in the country at the time. You know, it's just, this is crazy. And this was two months after USC lost to Texas in the Rose bowl. So this is just like at the pinnacle. I mean, this is just crazy that he's saying that to me. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, are you in or are you not? You know, and he, I'm like, well, I'm in. And he's like, well, go get your playbook. <laughs> and so there I, I turn the corner and I go walk into Kip's office and he hands me a playbook. And I'm like, what the heck is going on right now? This is this is too crazy. I'm getting a playbook from Lane Kiffin. I got to go down to the equipment room. They hand me my equipment. I mean, I don't know how to put pads on. It had been 11 years since I put pads on. I don't know how to put a jersey over a pad. You know, it's just it was I was in foreign territory for sure. That is that is amazing. And I think when you when you think about that, like you hadn't played, just not even knowing what you're doing, putting pads on, but it's it's a it's a meeting of these two different worlds. And we've had people that um, you know, would come to work like for work for me for the site where you're on the media side. You were on the media side at the Daily Trojan. 
But then they want to get a job on the athletic side. We, we had one uh, uh, guy that was a really good writer. He wanted to be a manager on the football team. So he was that. He ended up being the head manager for a while. But he had to – You, have, it's a separate world. You can't really – you don't really associate with the media people anymore because you're on this other side of the wall. So you went from one side to the other. Was there stuff you kind of learned as, or like you thought you knew as a journalist and then you get inside like, holy crap, I was wrong about that. Or this is very different than what I thought. Yeah, that's a great question. It, it was interesting because I was fully expecting like once I finally get behind the curtain, because as a, as a media person, you're, you're always trying to get a little bit more inside. I mean, that's why I was going through the trial just to show kind of the inside a little bit more. You're always trying to get a little bit closer, um, obviously without ruining relationships or anything, but you're just trying to bring people in into places where they can't normally get the information. Like a normal fan just sitting at home, he's relying on a media person to bring him where he can't go anywhere else on his own. So um, I was fully expecting to walk in and just, oh man, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to get all the secrets and everything. But I mean, I didn't speak the language, to be honest, because here we're going through these play calls that are 12 words long. I'm like, what? This is this is like learning Japanese, you know, and then <laughs> you're out, you're at practice. They're telling you to run certain drills. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what this is at all. And so that was hard at first because all these people, they were football lifers, you know, and they'd grown up playing football and, and in a playbook and just around the game. And I was brand new to it. And it's it's vastly different. Um, than I was expecting. It's way different than just watching from the sidelines or from the press box or whatever. And it's way harder than, than I thought it was going to be, just the mental anguish of it, just trying to learn a playbook. And then the physical aspect of it too. Of, I mean, I was so undersized and I was getting my butt kicked. I mean, Ray Malugo was just, I was a tackling <laughs> dummy for Ray, you know, and <laughs> it was brutal. And I mean, Taylor Mays was a freshman that year and he really enjoyed um, taking his frustration out on me on the practice field. <laughs> I mean, and Keith Rivers, I mean, he, without even trying, I'm just getting knocked over by Keith Rivers and, and Brian Cushing's on the team. And this was when Clay Matthews had just earned his scholarship. Oh, okay. He was a walk-on just uh, the same time I was. He was a walk-on, and then he gets a scholarship that fall camp. And, and then within two years, he's first-round draft pick in the NFL. So it's just this team was loaded. And I think there were 54 guys on that team that ended up playing in the NFL. So it's like an entire NFL roster was on that team. <laughs> this was crazy. Yeah. And we just we when we were in it, when when we were there at USC at the time and watching and, and just being a part of it, you don't understand and appreciate just the the incredible just gravity of everything. I mean, this was an incredible time of USC football. There was really so there's some really interesting uh, walk-on stories. You mentioned Clay Matthews it's a unique experience and I know the rules have changed and I'm not sure if you ever talked with Tim Lavin, who was a former USC. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he wrote a, he wrote a book too, I think like five or six years ago about why he's like an advocate for walk on rights. And I think he was part of the reason why you can now go to the training table and all that kind of stuff, stuff that you couldn't do. You felt like you were a different, you know, class of athlete, I guess. Uh, Did you feel that way when you were at USC and like, what were that, what was that experience like? Now, Coach Carroll did an incredible job, uh, and he still does, of just creating a family environment uh, with a football team. And guys are on equal footing. And even the the top of the line guys, they're they're still part of the team just as much as a, a walk on is. And the only thing I felt different, I've, I kind of felt self conscious and, and kind of embarrassed at first. Of I was interviewing these guys right. uh, after games and after practices, and here I am in the locker room, literally. And it's just, it was crazy. So that was, I was definitely very aware of that and just kind of walking around on eggshells for a little bit but then i realized like these guys 
they don't, they don't care. They're, I'm just part of the team, just like everyone else. And and Coach Carroll did an incredible job with that. And I'm sure Coach Helton does the same. And Coach Helton's an incredible person, an incredible coach. And um, it's just cool when coaches create that environment where everyone's the same. Everyone's part of the team and contributes, whether they play 60 plays a game or whether they don't play at all and they just contribute on the practice field. The uh, the practice experience, you're talking about some of the guys that were knocking you around. Um, did you feel like it got a little bit easier as you as you went along? And were there moments where you're like, I just made a really nice catch like on the scout team against like the first team defense and stuff? Like, were there some cool experiences like that with practice? Yeah, it was cool because I was way out of my element the first couple of weeks of being on the team during spring ball. And I ended up getting hurt and dislocated my shoulder and I had to get surgery. And I got back in half the time the doctor said I could. It was a miraculous healing. So I was back for the whole fall season and I uh, was practicing every day. And I mean, I was definitely getting my bell rung left and right. Um, it was it was painful in that sense. Um, but there were a lot of really cool moments where there I am. I'm on scout team and I'm going against the first team defense and you make a you make a play or you make a block even just to just to get in the way of your guy and prevent him from from going after the running back or whatever it is or yeah we would have these little scrimmages at the end of practices as you, as you probably remember just those highly competitive drills and even if I got in on a play it was oh this is amazing you know and it, I was never gonna get the ball but just getting in and I'm going <laughs> against all these guys it was such a cool moment um so there were lots of little moments like that um just being able to to take a hit was kind of a victory because i the first several times i was getting hit i would just i would be like a like a rag doll just getting thrown around and finally being able to learn how to actually bear down and, and take a hit um was a pretty victorious feeling too the uh there was now there wasn't really twitter back then but there was if there was hashtags the hashtag would have been get ben in right like that was the <laughs> There were people, students holding up signs, like your friends, people, um, I think it was maybe people from a fraternity or something. Like there was a lot of people that wanted to get you into a game. Yeah, there was a group from my fraternity that got this started and they kind of spread. Um, there were, I don't, I don't know how many, but tons of students wearing these Get Ben In shirts and they put <laughs> posters all over campus and they would be chanting in the student section at the end of our home games, Get Ben In. It's really weird because here there are 99 other guys on the team and they all deserve to play <laughs> and they're chanting my name. And I'm like, this is so awkward. But um, it was just really cool how it became bigger than me because these students saw themselves in me in a sense. You know, they saw, oh, if, if he can do it, then I mean, that gives me hope. You know, that gives me a little inspiration that this is pretty cool. And um, it was just funny because I'd be in class, like one of those big classes at SC, and like 200 students or whatever it is. And someone would walk up and be like, are you getting in? And I'm like, well, I'm Ben, but yeah, I guess that's me. So <laughs> it was just, it was funny, but it was so cool just to see people rally I and mean, people coming together. And that's the beauty of football. It's the beauty of college sports is that um, people come together in just a really powerful way. And I was just fortunate to be a part of that. So we're talking with Ben Malcolmson, uh, longtime assistant to the Seahawks head coach, Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll actually had a quote for the book. He said, Ben Malcolmson has a fascinating and inspiring story to share that has touched my life, my family, and my career in ways I could never have imagined. That's from Pete Carroll. Um, so how did that, you know, what, what's your playing career was over, then it became a career working with Pete Carroll and still being around the USC football team. Yeah, well, let's be careful calling it a playing career because... <laughs> <laughs> you played? Uh, we, we should have talked about that. You got into a game. We, I, I kind of... 
Yeah, you did yeah, get in well, the game, right? Yeah. I got it. I got in one play against Notre Dame, the quarterback Neil, at the very end of the game, and uh, it was very fortunate for that. And, and then I find out uh, two days later at our Tell the Truth Monday meeting that I lined up wrong on the play. I should have been penalized <laughs> five yards. So it was. Uh, I, I dodged a bullet on that one that the refs didn't call any penalty. That would have been so embarrassing. Well, they would have gave but, you an extra play then, right? They would have given you two plays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe I, maybe I was hoping for that. But uh, so that was that was pretty cool. It was kind of the, the triumphant moment for that whole get Ben in campaign. And just for everything that I had worked for that whole season it was it was pretty special, even though it was just a quarterback. You know, I got into one play. So it was pretty cool. Um, but then when that season was over, I, I was I just randomly ran into Coach Carroll on campus. It was I was finishing up my degree um, that spring and I ran into him. I was like, hey, coach, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to to be on the team it was an incredible experience and um just i was so grateful and just wanted to express my thanks and he's like well that's really interesting i'm so glad i ran into you because i've been meaning to call you but i i was thinking about starting this website all about the team and i'd love for you to run it and so here i am i'm looking for a job i'm two or three months from from being out of college and um coach carol offers me a job i'm like okay whatever it is like whatever he's paying me i'm in i don't i don't need to worry about anything i'm just gonna go for it just take a leap of faith here and he's like well i can't pay you much but give it a try and so we start this thing called usc rips it and uh (laughs) start from scratch and uh we i I get this idea why don't we start a blog and just kind of update people dozen 15 20 times a day just little one or two lines every little blog entry and just kind of bring people through the day and take pictures in team meetings and put out videos that the team's watching and just really bring people on the inside. And it was so cool because we were just coach being all credit to him, just being ahead of the curve a little bit of this was right before social media started to take off. So we were just in the right place at the right time when, when Facebook starts to really expand and we like, I'm like, coach, let's get you on Facebook and we get on Facebook and max is <laughs> out on friends right away. And so this was before they had like fan pages or anything. So then we hear about this thing called Twitter and I was like, coach, there's this new thing called Twitter. He's like, well, I trust you, whatever it is, let's go for it. And then before we know it, he's one of the first like Twitter celebrities. And I mean, in 2007 or eight, whatever it was, and it's just crazy. We were in the right place at the right time. We kind of hit a gold mine with all that stuff. So the USC Riffs It blog and and then all the social media stuff. And, and through that, Coach and I just developed a great kind of symbiotic relationship where we were just going back and forth and he moved my desk to be literally right outside his door so that he could be walking by all the time. And just, an, uh, just a really special time. And then he took the job with the Seahawks in early 2010 and asked me to come up with him. And um, I'd, I'd be a fool to turn that down. So I uh, moved up with him and, and during that process just kind of transition to be his kind of special assistant right-hand guy and uh it's been obviously an amazing journey this is our ninth season up here now and just all the memories that have happened in all these years it's it's so special it's great what you started the the usc rips it blog basically they got stuff that kind of continued that even after you were gone like jordan moore runs it now i think they do a really good job on their social media pages you know they'll do instagram and facebook and all that kind of stuff but you started that i mean no one was really giving you like updates of like Hey, Pete Carroll just had a salad for lunch and he's, you know, going over, <laughs> you know, looking at the recruiting database or whatever, like stuff that, you know, no one was really doing at the time. It seems like that was, you guys were ahead of the curve as far as that went. Yeah, it was so cool that coach opened the doors up for that and that he was thinking about that because he's, he's such a relate relational person and just wants to connect with fans with everyone and, and really bring people on the inside. You see that all the time where he's just 
he's wanting to involve people in it. And just for him to think of that and for me to walk across his path on campus that day. And, um, it's just, it was incredible. And to see what happened from there, just being, we we're a couple steps ahead of the social media boom right there. And, and then to jump on social media and, um, it's all, a lot of it's commonplace now where you'll see team Twitter pages and Instagram, like bringing you in inside the locker room or sure. whatever it may be. And, um, but this was 11 years ago now. And just to be able to do things that were, had never been done before, it's exactly what coach was hoping for. And, and our fans seemed to really enjoy it. And, uh, it was really, really cool. One of the, the interesting things that comes up a lot with fans, with, you know, when we talk about the media, there's this magical thing called a playbook. Like no one really knows what it is. Is it on an iPad now? Was it an old three ring binder? I, you know, it probably was different then than what it is now. I, I, I think it was fairly, it was probably fairly challenging for you, right. To, to pick this up and try to memorize like all the complex stuff is in there. Can you maybe describe what that was like at getting your first playbook and, and what, it, what the experience was like? Oh man, getting the first playbook. Well, that was my first real interaction with Kiff because, um, as you probably remember, he was not the easiest person to interview as a media person. So, um, I just, I didn't really interact with him much as a newspaper reporter. And then there I am walking in and he hands me a playbook kind of begrudgingly and just, okay, here's your playbook, start studying. And, uh, I, I remember holding it in my hand and I was like, okay, this is real now. You know, this, I, I actually have the Holy grail of the football team and this is so, so cool. And then I open it up and I'm immediately brought back down to earth and it's like, hold, where do I even start? How do I even study this? Because it's so complicated for someone who's not raised in that and brought up in that. And with, I didn't have a mind for that at the time. I mean, it's just, it was so foreign to me and it really felt like another language, even though everything's in English, all the numbers look the same, but it seriously feels like, like another language. And it's not just a play, but you have to know the formation and the personnel. Like, or is it two wide receivers and one tight end, or is it one wide receiver, two running backs? I mean, it was just all the different factors that go into a play is just crazy how intricate it is. And I always kind of passed out, Oh, football players, they, they can't be that smart. They just go hit each other. But, Football players are so smart. It's crazy the amount of information they have to retain and then to be able to regurgitate it in 40-second segments for every play. I mean, it's just – it's wild how complicated it is. The uh, the Lane Kiffin uh, relationship is interesting. And you're right. I mean, people would ask me a lot, especially when like he, when Lane Kiffin went to Tennessee. Like a bunch of people would call me to interview me to talk about on the like Tennessee media and stuff. He was never – like he was never like an easy interview, but he never like – and he never turned things down. He would always be accommodating, but he's not, he's not the easiest guy to talk to, I guess. He wasn't always the most personable. <laughs> he seems like he's kind of grown a lot, but I don't, do you guys oh, still keep, sure. do you keep in touch with him at all or? Yeah, definitely. Coach and coach Carol and him are, are still close. And, um, Kip, I mean, what a journey he's been on just the <laughs> ultimate roller coaster. So, and it's great. I mean, what is he only like 42, you know, I like, think he's got another 20, 30 years left in him of fo coaching football. It's just crazy to see his career arc. It's uh, it is it is pretty nuts, but I I think he's going to be back at a big D one program at some point. We'll see, but um, there uh, he's got it. He's always interesting. Like he's never <laughs> he's never dull. Uh, well, for having, all we know, he could be back at the Raiders soon. So yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, we had uh, some fans write in uh, a couple questions on the the peristyle on our message board. 
Um, so maybe, well, Keely, you want to read a couple of these? Or? Sure. I actually have a question for you, Ben. Oh. At any point, did you feel over your head? Like, did you feel like, what am I doing? Should I just like quit? Was it too much for you at any point? Did you walk on? Oh, yeah. I think I thought about that every day. It was uh, the, the mental side of it with the playbook and the meetings are really hard and then breaking down film is something that you have to learn too. And that was all really hard. And then the physical side, I mean, I'm laying in bed every night just in pain. It was, it was it just hurt, you know, and I, every day I was feeling over my head and, but that's the cool thing. And that's what the book really speaks to is, is the, the purpose that we have. And I knew that I was there for a purpose and I, I was just, I couldn't wait to figure that what, figure out what that was. So that really carried me through was this sense of purpose. And, uh, that's really kind of the underlying message of the book and the whole story is that we all have a purpose wherever we're at, whatever we're involved in, that there's an incredible purpose for each of us. So, um, just being on that journey and, and hopefully this book kind of points people to that and really encourages people on that, on that journey. In that sense, I know that you wanted to be a writer and you were a reporter. Did you ever following Pete Carroll, did you ever go, Hey, I still want to be a writer or did you just follow where you, you kind of were led to? Yeah, it was just following the open doors at the time. And, and it was cool because coach saw what I had done with, with writing and, and being a journalist. And I kind of became a beat writer for the Pete Carroll and the football team just in-house and so it was cool because I got to do that for those three years there those three seasons at SC and then moving up here um, I've definitely transitioned away from that but those skills that that a journalist has of working on deadline and um, just being able to think on your feet those are all I've used those dozens of times a day so I'm so grateful for that training. We have a question from Gate Call who says, uh, what was life like between the time Pete left USC and when he eventually joined, uh, when you eventually joined Pete in Seattle? Yeah, that was a hard time because um, I didn't move up right away. It was like two months after the fact because he was, I mean, he had his hands full getting his staff together and just all the transition. It was just really challenging. And um, I I stayed on at SC and, and Kiff was the guy that came in as the next head coach. And so him coming in, he didn't have the same appreciation for what we had been building, <laughs> and because uh, he was more of a, a tight-lipped, like don't talk it, don't share anything out there, keep it all in house, and so it was it was very challenging, but it was cool because we were kind of opening his eyes, and we got him on Twitter, and and look what he's done with Twitter since. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's you know it's interesting that because you know Lane Kiffin, I mean he started as a GA, I think working with tight ends for Pete Carroll. And then, you know, that's all he knew. I mean, besides his dad and stuff, but the fact that he did want to be, when he took over was a little bit more reserved about, you know, he wasn't as outgoing. It wasn't going to be as open. I wonder why that would be with, you know, Pete Carroll being so open, you would think that that would be some you know values, I guess that were be instilled in, in him. It seems so many coaches now, Ben, it's like state secrets. Like I don't want to say anything. And Pete <laughs> Carroll was just as open as could be and had tons of success. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's just, it goes to show how leaders lead in different ways. And there's people all over the lot in football. And it's cool. It's cool. There's not one way of doing it. And you can be successful in so many different ways. And there's kind of the old school thinking of really secretive and all that. But then there's this new school of just wide open doors and, and bring people out. I mean, you saw that with Coach Carroll at SC with the practices being open and, and people just being so involved in the program. It was, it was really, really cool. We have a question from Finkel that says he wants you to uh, retell the story of Mario Taylor in the 100 Bibles. 
Oh man, I don't know if we have time for that. And uh, <laughs> that's uh, it's an incredible story and in speaking to purpose. Um, and the book that the last few chapters of the book kind of capture this story. And um, I had ended up feeling just this nudge in my heart to place Bibles in everyone's locker, um, and ended up doing that. And then the Bibles were not well received by any means. So, uh, I just felt like a total failure, but then I f- find out years later that there was an incredible purpose for those Bibles, uh, involving Mario just before he passed away tragically that one night. And, uh, yeah, so I hope people can pick up the book um, and really dive into that story because I don't want to give it all away. But oh yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing story. It's truly unbelievable. So that was Mario Danello, and that was Taylor Odegaard, right? He was that's right. Also, yeah, he yeah. was our backup punter. Yeah, right. He was he was a walk on too. Was, was that yeah, a, yeah. Well, and Mario was too at one time. So it's cool all the the walk on connection. There's there's a lot of walk ons that I see that have kind of made made a name for themselves. Awesome. Well, this is Ben Malcolmson. Follow him on Twitter at Ben Malcolmson. Uh, this is a a book that you need to pick up. You got to check it out if you're going to be around USC for the opener UNLV. You want to go by the USC bookstore. You can get it on Amazon. The book's called Walk On, but you can get it on Amazon. But you, Ben will sign it at the bookstore from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. on Friday, August 31st. And he's going to come to our little event, too, between 3 and 5 p.m., right before the jock rally uh, in the little quad there next to Heritage Hall and John McKay. I mean, the John McKay. Yeah, the John McKay Center. (laughs) It's still a fairly new building, right? (laughs) You've seen that one, too, Ben. Have you seen that? It's it's pretty nice. Oh, man. It's palatial. It's pretty incredible. A little different than what you guys had. People don't understand. Like <laughs> yeah. you guys had such a good team and the literally the worst facilities of any top 25 program. I remember going to Chris, you know, Chris Carlisle, obviously the strength coach in his office was like basically a broom closet and he would be describing what he's doing to train Reggie Bush, you know, sitting there like this <laughs> Uber athlete. I'm like, how is this possible? Like this stuff is from like the thirties and you're like doing, <laughs> but it, it, it worked. Obviously it worked. Coach and all those coaches made it work. It was, uh, I mean, it's kind of like walking into the Coliseum where it's it's just so dingy and run down, but there's so much history and so much that just kind of ghosts from from players in the past that it kind of lived there, and it's just it's still special. And um, thankfully, there's this new, brand new McKay Center that's obviously uh, just top of the line and so cool to see now. And, um, I'm excited to see the Coliseum renovations finish up and just how much that's going to add to the whole game day experience for the Trojans. Yeah, we were, we just had a tour the other day. Um, it's crazy how much construction is going on in there. The new seats are nice. I kind of have long legs, you know, so like I sat <laughs> in the new seats and my knees were up against the, the person in front of me. So that was nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'll just have to be standing the whole time. Yeah, well, we're on the press box. Our press box is supposed to be really nice. We're going to be in these temporary uh uh, they're, they're kind of like shipping containers or something that will be there for, for now. But then, you know, it's going to be really, it should be really beautiful. All the seats look really cool. So it, it definitely needed a facelift. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an amazing stadium. Well, Ben, thank you so much for, for coming on and, uh, sharing some of your stories and you don't want to give them all away. So you want to be able to you know, pick up the book. The book is walk on, find it on Amazon, uh, at the USC bookstore. There's still, there's still some other bookstores out there, right? I'm sure there's other places like actual yeah, stores. It's, it's at Barnes and Noble too. So. Barnes and Noble. That exists still. Yeah. See, it's still, yeah, people always make fun of like, there's no more bookstores. Like there's some, uh, <laughs> but the USC bookstore, of course, Amazon, you can pick it up, uh, paperback. I don't even, it, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's reasonably priced. You can go, go pick it up. And, uh, if you're around USC, Ben will sign it on August 31st, but Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. 
Hey, great to be with you all. Thank you so much and fight on. All right. Thanks, Ben. See ya. Keely, that was pretty cool. What did, what did you think of that? That's really cool. I mean, the fact that he was around for that whole, that era of Pete Carroll is crazy. And the fact that he's still with Pete Carroll is just, that's insane. <laughs> the idea, I love the ideas. And I've had similar, like if you're like, hey, I want to get inside. Um, and we've seen some people do this. Like Matt Barkley did this for a little while, like doing, yeah. he would like try to play goalie for the, like where you try to immerse yourself in. And I've always dreamed of like dreamed about doing like a summer workout with the team as like this 47 year old out of shape guy I just see myself puking on the sideline just and it would be kind of funny yeah but for an actual like college student to then do it and be good enough to make the team is ridiculous yeah that's insane i don't i i it would be such a weird you mentioned this but to be go from reporter to being inside the team it yeah. just must must be a crazy experience we had like you know our buddy marshall was like yep. you know he came in so he had done marshall he, Charrington. yeah he uh did a lot of good work for like websites when he was in high school loved basketball covering this stuff and and was interning for us and uh really was you know a good writer and and really good at what he was doing but when he got to usc there was this thing that he wanted to be. It was like be on the other side of the fence. You, yep. But once you went to become a manager, like you couldn't do stories for us. Now you're like a gatekeeper uh, instead of a you know someone that is is trying to peek in through the gate. So um, it's good. I don't. I've, have you got an update on him? Or is yeah, he, Marshall's actually an assistant recruiter at Cal. Nice. Okay. Yeah, crazy. Something. I think that's his title. But he's so doing, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he started off on the media side, but really wanted to be on the 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 athletic side be on the football side, you know, for whatever reason. And, and obviously that worked out pretty cool for, for Ben. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that he was kind of the, on the, the cusp of social media and involving the behind the scenes about like teams. That's yeah. really cool. It was. And, and it worked really well with Pete Carroll because he was open. And I remember at the time thinking like, we were getting updates on like, Oh, Pete Carroll's, you know, like I said, had a salad or he's going, he's going to the bathroom or whatever. I was like, like we were getting updates on what Pete Carroll was doing. I'm like, this is weird, but it was ahead of his time. Cause that's what everyone's doing now. You're like, I just ate a cupcake. I don't know if I should have done that. There's a lot of calories. You're like, not like that, but it, you know, that's people now give like daily updates online, which yeah. we weren't really getting uh, at the time. I was, I'm glad you're here because, you know, I was around for this, but to see, you know, your reaction to some of the stuff is cool because you, you, I mean, you might not have heard all the stories and stuff before, but it seemed like you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah no, it was, it was a good talk. It was interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we also, so we got to go to practice here in a little bit. Mock uh, game week. Mock game week. So we might know. So by the time you listen to this, maybe we know who the starting quarterback is. Do you is. think that will actually happen this week? I, I'm kind of thinking. You think they narrowed down to two? I don't think they're going to narrow the two anymore. I kind of think they're really? just going to name a starter. Like, wow. because w- what if you narrowed it to two today? Like, who would you pick? It would have to be JT Daniels and, and Jack Sears. And Jack Sears have played the best. Jack Sears had two throws on Saturday. So, like, well, how do you justify? Okay, he threw the ball twice. Um, and so now he's one of the final two. It's just, to me, it's like, you probably just name name the guy. And we, we put up our depth chart uh Last night, I believe it was, Chris Trevino put it together. I wrote the little blurb. I helped too. I know. No, but on the quarterback. So I wrote the, yeah, <laughs> oh, you yes, wrote, yes, which yes. one did you? I did the O-line. O-line. So um, I wrote the little blurb on the quarterbacks. I picked JT Daniels. I mean, like, that's what else are you going to pick? But I think at this point, it might just be just prudent to just do it, you know? Um, do you think that maybe we'll see reps that it might be JT, but we won't know that it's JT till next week? 
I think if we see it, then it's just that you all the questions are yeah. going to be, it's hard yeah. to avoid it. Yeah. Um, and when we thought we saw it before, he said that was just part of the normal rotation. But it just so happened that the JT Daniels rotation, get the most throws, had been on the scrimmages. You know, like he would have like a Tuesday where he had only got a few throws. But uh, for Jack Sears to only get like two during a scrimmage that was supposed to be I don't know. There's something's a little strange. It's definitely strange. So I didn't think he would name somebody this early, but I think he might just do it now. So really, I kind of do. I don't know why. I'm, like, I'm shocked no, no by inside. the change of heart that you're having right now. Yeah, no, no inside info, and I haven't heard anything. I'm just saying, like, I think he might just uh, name somebody after this practice. I mean, you've been around long enough. I trust your gut. Yeah, but it, <laughs> maybe knows? maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> it's. I mean, you never know. Like, but. Just from what you've seen, it's just like, it's a pretty obvious choice, right? Like, there's no... Yeah, the ceiling is higher with, yeah. with JT Daniels. I The question I keep going back to is, how do you go into a mock game week with three quarterbacks? That just doesn't seem... <sighs> yeah. So, if we see, like, two guys, like, say, JT Daniels and Jack Sears today get the majority of the reps... um, I don't think it would be a rotation thing anymore. I think maybe he does narrow it down to two, but yeah. I'm not sure if he's gonna. The, um, the weird thing is that we had, we've seen so much from fall camp and now we go into seeing Tuesday and Wednesday only. Yeah. Which is crazy. And they're going to have a closed Thursday practice and a close uh, Saturday scrimmage. So we won't be able to see much this week. So Saturday, like no, we won't be able to see it, man. I know. So we're going to try and read into everything probably to today and Wednesday. So then we're full on. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in, in game week mode. Jeez. I know. Um, we'll see. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we're going to have Dan Weber on the show this week. We got to do a Harvey Hyde show. He actually called me while we're doing the interview. So we'll, <laughs> we'll do a couple more. I've talked to Gerard. We got to probably do a recruiting Trojan one too. Trojan Blast recruiting podcast. We got to do that. Of course, there's our live show will be on Thursday, Thursday at noon. Make sure you check that out. Uh, usually after that, we'll have our, uh, family feud, family feud podcast with Keely and shotgun. If you want a more millennial version of, you know, <laughs> you don't want to hear old me talking. And, it's true. Uh, you know, I usually have like older gentlemen on my podcast. I'm older than you guys. And then I have people older than me on the show. So you can feel young. So it's like get off my lawn kind of podcast. That's, yeah. It'll be, those are the get off my lawn podcast. And then we have the younger family feud. The youths. Version. Um, and again, like so Friday, uh, August 31st. Uh, this is really the first official announcement. I haven't put it on the message. We haven't really told Keely about it or anyone no, else. No. So worked with Trader Joe's. They're going to provide snacks and snacks. snacks are good. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of those bags and those bags are super, super, super popular. We'll get a few of the Ben Malcolmson books. Hey, if you want to be an entrepreneur, go on eBay and sell those Trader Joe's bags. They go for a lot of money. <laughs> it's ridiculous what those things, and just so you know, so they're you, if you haven't seen them, USC. They're custom uh, branded, custom branded Trader Joe's bags. Now, I know a lot about this licensing market. Like you can't sell them because they have all this USC logo stuff all over it. So, but they're allowed to give them away for promotional. Oh, things. interesting. So I don't know. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. So there's. Because I, I thought I saw them in the actual USC store in the village, the Trader Joe's store. But is it just giveaway? I believe they're only giveaway. I don't wow, think they can sell them, from what okay. I understand. And maybe the USC one. There's a separate thing, but like yeah. people, they they give them away, um, but. So people ask, I got people like writing to me like, hey, can you send me one? And it's like, I, I would love to, but just I don't want to be going to the post office all the time. And like, you know, it's not easy to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you're around, make sure you show up on August uh, 31st. 
Cool. Very cool. Well, let's wrap it up. We got to go over to practice. We uh, do. Thanks so much for coming in the studio, Keely. Of course. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Like I did. That's a you know, it's a really cool conversation. That like, is. That's a that's a fun guest to have. I think people will enjoy this. So, hope you did. Uh, send us any feedback at podcast at uscfootball.com. But we'll get we'll get some more shows in this week. Mock game week Mock around game USC. Week. Ten days until. The kickoff, is that right? We're or? so close. I think it's 12, I believe, but I'm not. 10, 11, 12, something like that, whatever. Something. Uh, what's today? 21st. Yeah, to the first. So that's Keely. You are following on Twitter at Keely is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.